Can you say hot marriage? Cool parents. Can you say cool? Parents. Parents. There you go. I love you. I love you. Guess who's back? Back again. Hot marriage, cool parents is back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Okay. Welcome. That's my announcer voice. I just can't handle it. I do want to give a shout out for one of our five-star reviews, which we are so very, very appreciative of. Lara811 said, love you both and your lovely little family. Thank you for being my quote unquote friends. And that's just the sweetest because honestly, I feel like you guys, this is the whole term of the friends. You guys really are our friends too. And it's so awesome to be able to get together each week here on Hot Marriage Cool Parents. Again, if you want to get a chance to listen to this podcast a day early, you can go to the Himalaya app. They have some really, really great content on there. It's a free app and you can get Hot Marriage Cool Parents a day early. Yes, we absolutely love the Himalaya app. So Doug, do you know who James Charles is or Tati? No. The kid, he's 19 years old, started his own makeup YouTube channel two years ago when he was 17 years old, now has over 15 million subscribers. Good for him. I mean, the fact that we don't know who he is just goes to show that we're like sucked up in reality TV and like everybody else is sucked up on YouTube. So my friend Erica texted me the other night and said something about this James Charles and Tati scandal. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, who are these people? And she's like, oh my God, if you haven't watched this, you have to watch this. So she sent me literally four videos in order, video one, two, three, and four. And it all starts off with this woman, Tati, in her video. So this girl, Tati, is like in her 30s. Apparently, she's like also a YouTube star, I guess. Like she like does makeup and stuff like that. And she literally says in a nutshell that this James Charles is trying to turn straight men gay. Who does that? You don't well, do that. You don't Who sleep. cares? Because Doug, think about it, like how deceitful and conniving and manipulative that is and how that really messes with someone's psyche. He's 19. The guys he's with, they're teenagers. They don't know their own. A lot of these kids are trying to just come into their own. And so if they think that they're straight and then this gay guy comes around and is trying to like manipulate them into turning them gay or at least like, I don't know, perform sexual acts with him and then have guilt over it. Listen, I've been a teenager and at 16, 17, 18 there was no chance that a dude was going to manipulate me to sleep with him or do any sexual favors. I knew my sexuality then. So I have to disagree with this, that he's manipulating because at that time, I mean, granted, if they're kids or if they're underage, then that's a a different story. But it would be very hard to manipulate a straight guy to become gay. That's only a small part of the story. Apparently, she feels like she's his mentor because when he came in two years ago to this scene of the makeup YouTube world or whatever, she mentored him and she helped him make quote unquote millions of dollars and she helped him monetize his YouTube channel. Oh, so now he's probably more popular and she's jealous and hates it? How did you know? That's exactly what I thought too. Yeah, well, that's like such a standard story. No, okay. It's not standard though because listen to what happens. First of all, this kid is 19 years old, so he's so impressionable still. So this girl rages about 
about how he's not faithful to her and she did so much for him and she wasn't trying to get a paycheck in return and he's manipulating other boys into thinking that they're gay and he's out like preying on straight guys trying to like turn them gay I guess I don't know good for him no but that's not even the truth so the whole world was shook by this they were like that is not acceptable and that is not okay and truly Doug it's not that's like me being a straight girl trying to convince a lesbian that she's straight it's just not okay like you don't do that it's just not kosher no he's trying to hook up with these people that's what's insinuated right but i don't know if he definitely is trying this i mean based on what you're saying so turns out after she posts this video outing him on all these sorts of different accusations he loses hundreds of thousands of his subscribers he loses brand deals he had been planning on working with because it's not okay to try to turn straight guys gay or like manipulate them i know you don't seem to think that it's not a big deal not that it's not a big deal if he's attracted to a guy and let's say he's trying to hook up with them if he's not inappropriate if he's not drugging them well she's saying that he is acting inappropriate but still i'm saying that at that age it's not like he's going up to six and seven year olds and trying to manipulate those. These are almost adults. Okay, well, fair enough. But the whole world was shook by this girl's accusations. When I say the whole world, I mean like everybody who loves YouTube. Like she the sounds millions and millions of people who follow them and instantly started to unfollow him, hate on him. The amount of backlash <laughs> that this boy got is out of control. And so then her friend who also has millions of followers on YouTube, his name is Jeffrey Starr. He does makeup and stuff himself. And he started joining the bandwagon on like just hating on this James Charles. So this is an order of appearance, right? So first this girl Tati releases this like hour long video saying all these things about this guy, James Charles, who is so adored by all his fans. And then Jeffrey Starr joins on to that and says, yeah, I have this proof and that proof that he's doing this and that. And he He's, oh my God. you know, a loser basically. And about a week later, James Charles releases his own video. And this kid, 19 years old, you know what? I didn't hear of him. I never liked him. I didn't know anything about him, but I instantly love him now. And I'm like, I will support him forever because just like you said, Doug, they were so jealous of him. And she even said in her video, he came into this world and no one was there to help him. And da, 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 da. and it's like, she like thinks that he owes her for every yeah, single step of, of the way. And it's like, I instantly thought, This girl is so jealous because she's been in quote unquote like makeup YouTube world for however long and she only has however many followers and then he comes in and takes the world by storm. Two years on YouTube and the kid has over 15 million, I think he had 16 million subscribers. And so he ends up going to... Coachella and gets a brand deal with like Sugar Bear Hair. This is like very tedious and silly, but that's what prompted it all is this girl has her own vitamins. She's basically saying it's like a disgrace to her. And it's just so sad to me that this is what the world is now. Like what? So silly. But I'm so proud of this James Charles because every single one of the things that she said that he was doing Turns out they're completely inaccurate. She was completely lying about all of it. And she didn't have any facts. So she assumed that he was betraying her. And he probably had a whole bunch of facts. Yeah. He shared like the text messages of him trying to reach out to her to try to explain things to her. He shared so many different things. And ultimately, all I can think about is the fact that she's jealous. 
Well, A, she's jealous, of course. And I instantly was like, I do not like that girl. And I do not like this Jeffree Star because he's a <laughs> follower. He just like followed on the bandwagon to get a couple of likes, you know? He like tweeted about how bad James Charles is and got like 500 retweets. And like, it's just like, don't degrade someone unless you know what you're talking about. Like, what? Who do you think you are? Yeah. See, that's sometimes the whole power of followers. You know, it's like you can so easily get caught up in these little scandals when, you know, and I hadn't heard of this. And it sounds completely ridiculous, in my opinion. Like when you had mentioned it, it just seems like a jealous person that is probably one getting very, very old and knowing that her competition is extremely young and more popular and probably way better personality from what it seems. But think about how many people that they can touch. They have such a powerful platform to express their voice and she's getting jealous over a vitamin. Whatever. But like the point of the matter is that like, come on. On, like, this is the world our daughter's growing up in. Yeah, I know. We've got to keep her away from beauty. Oh, gosh, you're so silly. You're so sarcastic. Now it's a silly story to me anyway. What's silly is, I mean, if you look at any news, like any Twitter, any Instagram, anything, this is like the hot news is that James Charles was completely bullied by this girl who he considered kind of like his mother, like, like a huge mentor. And everybody in the YouTube world apparently kind of jumped on that bandwagon without even knowing. After watching these videos, and seeing that this kid, James Charles, the kid's still a virgin. He's not even like he's hooked up with any guy. It's not like he's done anything of the sort of what she's accused. And he lost all of these followers and these brand deals because people just listen to this woman, Tati. Ugh. It breaks my heart though because it just seems so unjust. But let's move on. Are you looking for someone to share their deepest, darkest secrets on keeping their marriage spicy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you like, please dish on how to be a cool parent? Because yeah, I don't know. Please tell me. Well, Jamie Otis and Doug Hayner have got all you hubbies and wifeys and mommies and daddies covered. Yep, that's us. Because each week, we're finding a guest who will spill all their dirty secrets. Oh, yeah. Because we all want to keep our marriages hot and our parenting cool. Here's the show. So I'm sure you've probably seen by now that I've had two abortions. Before we dive into this next topic, I just want to say that to you right now who's listening to this through your earbuds or through your car stereo or wherever you're listening to this podcast, yeah, I just want to thank you in advance for sticking by and kind of keeping an open mind and hearing my side of my story and why I've kind of come out to share about it a little bit more. And, And thank you for being gentle with me because... This is a topic that I've been very hesitant to share. And I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's a very scary thing to share because I know that I will get a lot of backlash. People hate me and they'll call me all sorts of names, which is why I haven't shared it before. But I think it's a time to share it and not be sitting by the sidelines and kind of almost like pretending I never did these things. Because we built a base on being honest and open. We both have. We've shared a lot, but we've also, the reason why we've shared a lot is because of how much you support us and how fun you make this and sharing our lives. And we really do, I know Jamie says it all the time and I might not say it enough, but we really do truly appreciate the love and the support that we get and Whenever anybody recognizes us from, you know, when we're walking or out anywhere, it's it's so much fun getting to meet you and getting to know you and just know that we really appreciate your love and support and we hope to continue to bring you very honest and open dialogue, discussion, and just know that it's real. 
and it's yeah. going to be real. And we don't may not always agree with what we think, but I want you to know that I love you and support you even if you don't agree with what I have to say. But yeah, I just wanted to say in all seriousness, though, thank you for hearing us out on this very controversial, very heated topic right now here in America. Yes. And, and it's something that I genuinely never, ever, ever share out loud. It's something that I'm not proud of. I've learned to no longer be ashamed of it, but I'm definitely not proud of it. It's no woman ever wants to have an abortion, let alone two. But I think it's very relevant now because abortion actually came up in the news. But you've you've been silent about this. Like you haven't even really brought it up to me. Just was curious why you decided to share now. Well, I guess everyone probably knows by now that Roe versus Wade happened what, like fifty years ago, where they made abortion legal. And now Alabama is trying to make abortions illegal again. And honestly, I've been so, I don't want to say ashamed or embarrassed, but kind of, of having had two abortions. I mean, something, nothing at all that I'm proud of. I can barely talk about it because I just don't like have the guts to talk about it out loud. But I feel like I need to be a support for those who have had to or are going to have to make this type of difficult decision in their life. And I also feel like we need to shed light on this topic and not in the sense where I'm so adamant pro-life or I'm so adamant pro-choice, but just from woman to woman and the rights that each woman should have for their body. So I want this podcast to really you know, be less of shaming one side or the other, but more of just shedding light on abortions and giving a face to abortion. I'm not here to preach or rant about my political views or religious views. I am just sharing my story for you, the woman listening to this on the other side. And I'm not trying to sway you into one way or the other, but just kind of enlighten you because I wish that someone would have done that for me when I was younger. So, you know, I'm here to share my story with all of you because no one really shared any stories with me. No one supported me back then. And I spent a really long time living in shame and, you know, just not feeling good about myself. So I don't want you, the woman listening to this, to feel that shame or to feel alone because you're not alone. We all have similar stories. And if you're someone who hasn't had an abortion or you don't have that type of similar story, then I just want to be able to, you know, give you just like the cold hard truth of like really what caused me and many others to make this type of a difficult decision in their life. And, you know, at the end of the day, I really think that it comes down to each of us having our very own body and our very own life. And no one should be able to choose what we do with our bodies or our lives. But yeah, like without having any sort of, I don't know, preachy or attackish mentality, I feel like there needs to be discussion about this where it's just kind of like stating out the facts and sharing a story and not saying someone's right or someone's wrong, but just having a conversation that isn't an argument, but more like a discussion. And I also want you to know, you know, you listening that if you're pro-life, I support you. If you're pro-choice, I support you. I support each individual woman in what their beliefs are. And I think that's the kind of mentality we should all have because we should all be supporting one another. It's really what you do with your body and your life has nothing to do with what I do with my body and my life, truly. Like we need to love and support each other. If you would never have an abortion, I respect that decision for you. You. And if you are someone who has had an abortion, I respect that decision for you as well. I don't know how we've gone so far back with the Roe versus Wade when we've already conquered this type of issue in life. The you now has way more knowledge than the you back then. You mentioned that your first abortion was at 18. Well, the thing is, though, Doug, like the reason why I brought it up 
I can't hide and pretend like this never happened to me because it has happened to me. This is a choice that I have made in the past. And I feel like it would be very hypocritical of me to just sit in silence and just watch the ways of the world happen when there are little girls, young women, even young adults who are in the same situation that I was in. And if I can't speak out for them, speak up for them, I would just feel like such a hypocrite. I would just feel so awful, really. And not only that, but like a woman who is a victim of rape or a woman who is a victim of incest. I can't just sit by and let other people dictate things to her. And really, a lot of the times I feel like it's people who are dictating things that they've never experienced. They've never walked in her shoes. And so I felt like, you know, abortion really doesn't have a face to it. No one has an abortion and then like goes out and tells everyone that they had an abortion. I feel like if I'm going to be good to anybody in this world, if I'm going to do anything right in this life, then I need to be honest about who I am and what I've done. And you know, now abortion does have a face to it. Like I've had two of them and you can look at my face and you'll know that you're not alone if you're going through that situation yourself. And I felt like that was, I probably would have never come out and talked about it anywhere other than in my book if it wasn't needed. Because right now women's rights are being questioned and taken away, really. I mean, like people are questioning whether or not this should be a fundamental human right. What comes up in this is, you know, you have people that are anti-abortion, but the other side of it is anti-choice. And who is to say what is right and wrong for someone's body? You can have different beliefs. You can have different morals. You can be against things, opinions, but what gives you the right to choose what someone else can do with their body? Now, knowing you and the situation that you were in, which I don't know if everybody has that backstory, but this does not define you. You talk about abortion having a face. One in four women have had an abortion. And this is something that happened to you a long time ago and will always be something that you'll carry, but it does not define who you are before anybody has a chance to pass judgment. Let's maybe, if you're open to it, let's maybe take a walk with you in the 18-year-old you, like what happened. And I also want to preface this by saying you were the adult in the family at that age. You didn't really have many adults to lean on. So it's really tough for someone at 18 to make a decision like that, but also to make a decision that is going to impact you for the rest of your life, but also that is an adult decision to make. Okay. So I'm going to take you back to where I was then. So I'm 18 years old. I didn't have sex all throughout high school. And I started having sex with my boyfriend the minute I graduated because I felt like, I don't know, I I had a goal to not have sex until after I graduated. So 18 years old and I haven't had sex. And I started having sex with my boyfriend at the time and clearly was not cautious enough because, you know, right after we started having sex, I go to the pediatrician's office because at the time, I mean, I was still going to the pediatrician's office and I, you know, I went there for birth control. I didn't know like how else to get it. I didn't really know how to go about having safe sex. And so I go there, I pee in the cup, I go sit on the table, I wait for the pediatrician to come in and I tell her, embarrassingly enough, like, I mean, this is a very embarrassing topic for me to talk about, but I'm like, yes, I'm having sex and I really want to be able to have birth control or whatever. And as we're talking about different options, there's a pound on the door and it was more like a knock. You know, the the pediatrician was like, I'm sure that they have the wrong room. So just, you know, she kind of just like kept talking and then the knock then did become a pound. And she was like, okay, wait a minute, let me just get out there and see what's going on. And so she leaves 
the room. And when she comes back in, she didn't even blink an eye. She just said, you're pregnant. (laughs) And I was like, what? Like it was an out of body experience. And I just stared at her probably like, I didn't even know what to say. I remember vividly looking at my shoes because I was like, oh man. Didn't you run out of the room? Well, the reason why I I did, I felt so rude because I didn't even really finish listening to her talk because the minute she said I was pregnant, she said, there are options. Abortion is she just went on and on about abortion basically. And then this was my option and that this is a good option for me at this point. And I literally, I almost like blacked out. Like I literally didn't, I ran out of that room. I tried to be polite. And the first thing I did was call my boyfriend at the time. I told him to meet me outside his parents' house because he lived with his parents. Of course, we were teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm not going in. I cannot go in right now. And I like said, I'm pregnant. I don't even know what's happening. And, you know, he's like aloof and just, you know, he's a kid, dumber than a box of rocks. Like I hate to say it, but it's like just, really not helpful at all in the situation. His parents don't even know we're having sex. And my mom probably could care less if I was having sex, but didn't really know either. Like it wasn't something I was bragging about that I started having sex. Mm-hmm. And well, what was his reaction? His reaction was really just kind of like dumbfounded, of course, but he was also just like, well, what are we going to do? What's going to happen now? And I was like, we're going to have a baby. Like you're going to have to man up, get a job. You know, he was in college and I was going off to college. So he was just like, so not helpful or supportive. Meanwhile, at this time in my life, you know, my mom is off on drug binges. Like she's gone for two weeks at a time. My siblings are running around the trailer park and I'm trying to scrounge them together to be like, Hey, go to school, get your homework done. I mean, we would cut the mold off the bread in order to make like a PB and J because that was all the food we had. There were times the cupboards were seriously empty. And my mom, when she'd come home from these drug binges, she would come home with groceries. And that was like kind of like her peace offering to us. It's always been like that, which is really interesting. But yeah, always bearing gifts. Yeah. Like she'd be like, Oh, look at all the food I got for you guys. And of course we'd be so happy for the food. So, you know, we would forgive her, but this was a time in my life that I had absolutely zero support. One thing that has been helpful is to go to therapy. I mean, I highly recommend therapy for anybody who's gone through any sort of situation, especially an abortion, but any situation that's been difficult for them. And, you know, one thing is that I was able to go see a therapist when I was younger, but now that I'm older and I'm a mom myself, I work full time. I travel at least once a month for Unfiltered and to shoot other shows. So it's really hard. I can't imagine anybody else if you're working full time, if you're a mom, or even if you're just in school and you're trying to, you know, get a college degree, it's hard to like take out the time to actually go physically sit with a therapist. So one thing that I've found that's been very, very helpful is something called Talkspace. It has more than 4,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing challenges that we all face. So whether it's like depression, anxiety, if you're going through an abortion or something, anything of the nature. You know, life happens. And when it happens, it's nice to know that you have an outlet to speak to. Talkspace is mobile. You can set up an appointment. You take a short quiz where they match you up with the appropriate therapist. You can switch it out if you need. There are so many options available. Most importantly, though, when that crisis comes up, you have text, you have a phone call to schedule, you have a live interaction to schedule. Yeah, you don't have to wait for like next week to your like allotted time to go see a therapist. Like sometimes you just need to actually talk to a therapist right then and there. So I really think this is a great tool for teenagers because a lot of times, you know, when they're caught in the moment of whatever the crisis is, you know, by like the next day it's over, but what have they done to like help get over that or to help cope? And I just feel like Talkspace is awesome for like teenagers in particular, but young adults for everybody. I absolutely love it. I also think that it's 
that's great for families because Talkspace is available at a fraction of the cost of traditional therapy. So if multiple people need a therapist, that can get very, very expensive. But Talkspace is way more affordable. So you're able to actually afford to have each person have a therapist to talk to. And like I said before, I think that the fact that you can retouch them at any time is the kicker here because when people are going through a crisis, they don't want to sit and wait for a week for their next appointment where they have to then carve out time to go sit down and talk to someone. Instead, in the midst of the crisis, you can talk to someone who truly cares about helping you through your situation. And if this is something that resonates with you or your family, for you listeners, Talkspace.com, there are actually getting $45 off your first month. And to show support for the show, you can use the code Jamie. So that's Jamie and Talkspace.com. Yeah. So you just go to Talkspace.com and you'll be matched up with a licensed therapist. And by the way, if it's not someone that you feel like you, I don't know, jive with, you can change your therapist. There's over 4,000 licensed therapists, so you can change your therapist. So yeah, just go to Talkspace.com and you'll get $45 off your first month. Use the code Jamie and I wish you absolutely the best of luck with that. I really genuinely believe in therapy. It's so important. Okay, but back to my story. Not only did I have no support, but I had my siblings counting on me for support. And the thing about it is though, regardless of all of that, in my heart and in my mind, I knew that abortions were frowned upon in my family. I knew that it was not okay to have an abortion. It was not something that my family did. So, you know, the the motto in, in our family was, if you play, you pay. So that's pretty much kind of like a punishment yeah, like in a you, sense. If you play and have sex, then you're gonna have to pay and take care of this kid the rest of your life. Like that's not any way to go into parenting. Like let's just start off with that. Well, I do want to say that it's just an uneducated way to approach the situation. Like there's no pay play. It's not a challenge. It's not at this point you're an adult. Granted, this happens to some kids that are underage, but who, you know, who makes the right decisions all the time? I think that I lost my virginity at 16. Not sure how it's relevant to this story, but the education part of it and thinking back to health class and everything else in high school, I don't know if it was pounded in our brains how serious of a decision this is and how real this possibility could be the repercussions, not just, you know, for the decision, but also what happens with your body. I know some people that have had multiple abortions and they say that it affects the body. It affects that area. It definitely does. There's not a doubt about it. And which is why I don't preach, go have an abortion. Like, heck no. Like I absolutely, oh my gosh, heck no. I do not preach that. But I do stand for women to have a choice for their life and their body. Okay, let's get back to my story and where I was at. So the cycle in my family is my grandma dropped out of high school and had kids and also abandoned them, neglected them. My mom dropped out of high school, had kids, and at one point abandoned them and neglected them. And my sister dropped out of high school, had kids, and kind of followed suit, but really broke the cycle. And for that, I'm proud of her. And the thing is, is I'm sitting there 18 years old, wishing to God. I mean, I was a good girl in high school. I, Like I said, I did not have sex during high school because I didn't want to be part of the cycle. I wanted to break out of this cycle of welfare, drug addiction, fatherless kids. I genuinely wanted to 
quote unquote, be somebody someday. Like I wanted to break free of that life. And so I'm sitting there 18 years old, pregnant, feeling stuck. The first guy that you have sex with. And not only the first guy that I have sex with, but like the first few times that I even had sex. Yeah, It was nutty. And I was like, what do I do? And instantly I was like, I'm stuck. I have no choice. I'm going to have to drop out of college at this point because I did graduate high school. But I was like, I have to drop out of college. I'm not going to be able to do anything. And also, what am I going to do for my siblings? Like, who's going to take care of them? And then also the, the guy I was with, I knew that he was very possessive, very jealous, very controlling. Like he would straight up stalk me. Anytime I tried to break up with him, he would cry these big alligator tears and say like how his life would be over. And so he was not fit to be a father in any way, shape or form. I knew that he wasn't really fit to be a partner. But for me, I always felt bad for him. So I just kept on taking him back. Also a little bit scared of him. So I would take him back. And literally I'm sitting there knowing that I'm pregnant, feeling so effing stuck. Like how am I ever going to get out of this cycle? And so I did the unthinkable, the unimaginable and the most hurtful thing that in the most, honestly, the most painful thing that I've ever had to live with, which is having an abortion. And I always want to be very, very honest about this story because if someone else, whatever situation they're in and they're feeling stuck, I don't want them to think that an abortion is an easy way out because it's not. It is not an easy way out. I promise you, if you have an abortion, you're going to spend the rest of your life with it hovering in your heart, leaving a hole in your heart. Let me just put it that way. The point is that it's a heavy decision, but it's, it's one that shouldn't be made quickly. Weigh out your pros and cons. We're not saying it's right or wrong, but it's a heavy decision for anybody. Yeah. But what I am saying is that you can't tell another person, unless you've been in their shoes, you can't say what they're going through or why they're making the decisions that they have made. I don't want to preach. I'm so passionate about this topic. It's almost hard for me to talk about it because I do get very, I don't know, I get very, very heated about it Mm -hmm. because I don't think it's fair for someone else to say, you're not allowed to do this, you know, especially for heaven's sakes, especially if it's a victim of rape who already didn't have a choice. It was not her decision to have sex. It was not her decision to get pregnant. And now she doesn't get to have a decision on what else is happening with her body. That is not okay. And if it's incest, for heaven's sakes, like what? How have we gone so far back? Mm -hmm. But also, like I was saying earlier, the 32-year-old me sitting here now, if I had never been through what I've been through, I would probably be like, of course you should ban abortions. It's not okay. But having walked in my own shoes and like lived those moments of absolute poverty, drug addiction, domestic violence, neglect. It becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of your story. It becomes a part of your life. It's something that you have to deal with mentally, emotionally, but it's also a decision that has been made. And it's something that's very real. And it's also something that the choice should fall on the person, regardless of belief, regardless of religion, political views. How can you say that my way of thinking is right and you should do this and you shouldn't have a choice doing that. When it's not your body. Not my body. And also too, if I'm one preaching, you know, don't do abortion or brand abortions. Like, all right, I better have a hundred kids that I've adopted out of foster care. That's what I have to say, Doug. In order okay. for you to protest abortion at these clinics, you should have at least five foster kids that either you're fostering or adopting from wherever. Because banning abortions is going to lead to a lot of unwanted babies and a lot of shitty situations, okay. which Doug, I'm gonna, I know this I... is my passionate part. So let me just finish this thought. But I don't want to be so preachy. I, this is my opinion. This is not yours. And I'm not okay. trying to preach. I'm just saying that when you think about it from a bird's eye view, 
you're spending so much time and energy on making a choice for somebody else when there's so many other things happening in this world that you can contribute to rather than stopping something from happening because you believe this way, use that energy and contribute to the world in some positive way. Okay. So let me just say that, first of all, I love, like, thank you for, I feel like almost like you're have my back and I love you so much for understanding where I come from. Cause I know that some people just don't understand. They won't get it and they don't even try to get it because it's just not their way of thinking. But I love you. And I think that's how we thank you for getting me and us. Yeah. I'm just saying all of us, the yeah. faceless people who don't want to come forward and say they've had an abortion. I understand right. that. Why not have an open mind? But yes. Okay. So this is what I have to say though, truly the end all be all of it. And thank you so much for sticking with us through this conversation because it's very controversial. It's very heartfelt. You know, this, this has affected everybody in one way, shape or form. One in four women have had an abortion. So this is what I have to say to close off this podcast is that I think that what's not known, what's not talked about enough is that pro-life pro-choice, whatever your religious political views are, we all have the same goal, truly. And that is less abortions. And let me tell you that if we ban abortions, that doesn't mean there's going to be less abortions. That means there's going to be more abortions that end up with fatalities because there's a hemorrhage. A woman is poking herself with a hanger, a metal hanger to abort this baby. And now she is bleeding profusely and dies, or she gets an infection that causes her to die. Or, I mean, this is the worst of it. And this is what I really want you to think about because it's the absolute truth. We already hear about babies being born and left in a garbage can or left at the side of the road or left in a dumpster because they're not wanted. We cannot ban abortions because that will happen more. It will absolutely happen more. And just like you said, Doug, truly, if we ban abortions, then it should absolutely be mandatory that you adopt, that every single family adopts at least one or two, probably five kids, because there are that many unwanted pregnancies. And truly just think about this. If we let those unwanted pregnancies come to be, and I can say this because I was literally that girl. I was not wanted when my mom had me. And how did I end up? I ended up in a trailer park with absolutely no heat, no electricity. There was a generator. There was leaky ceilings, holes in the floors, no food. And my mom was gone on drug binges and she left me to take care of my younger siblings. We cannot let that continue happening in this world here in America, for heaven's sakes. Whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, regardless, we all want to minimize abortions. Everybody agrees that abortions are not a form of birth control. They're not done lightly. It's left with a heavy heart for the rest of your life. I'll be the first to tell you that. But the way that we can do that is not by banning abortions and taking women's fundamental human rights away. The way that we do that is by educating and providing resources so that we can prevent these unwanted pregnancies. Because if we're not educating and providing these resources, I'll tell you what, I wish, I wish to God that someone had told me how important it was to wear a condom every single time and use the pill. Use them both, everything that you possibly can, because all it takes is one time a sperm meets an egg and then you're stuck with this life-changing decision. So goodness gracious, like if we could all just start by agreeing to spend our time and our energy on educating and preventing and providing the resources, I just think that that is what we should be focusing on more so than- Who's right and who's wrong. 
or like who gets to choose Mm -hmm. this type of a thing. I mean, absolutely, we would all be in cahoots then if we could all just agree that that's really the solution to this problem. And to know that if you ban abortions, they're still going to happen. They're just not going to happen legally. And we're going to see so much more fatalities in women and and honestly, in infants, in newborns that aren't wanted. And then kids roaming the street and, you know, taken to drugs and Truly, and I can say that because it's happened in my life. I've seen it happen time and time again in multiple different lives. So there is more to talk about this. And I guess that's for sure. And the reason that I've now decided to just, I guess, come out is because I feel like I can't just sit on the sidelines and hang my head in shame for the decisions that I made when I was younger, when there are so many other young girls and young women who are sitting there in that situation right now that have nobody. And if I Mm. would have had one person to tell me that I'm not evil and malicious for making these decisions to just support myself and my siblings, that would have made a world of difference to me. And I mean, honestly, if I could have had anything, if I could go back and change anything, it would be, I would have been better educated. I would have had the resources available and I would have known how important it is to make sure that every single time I have sex, I'm on birth control and I'm using a condom. And for those of you that are so against abortion and and anti-choice. Keep an open mind. Try to view the world from somebody else's eyes other than your own. Try to imagine yourself in an environment like that person. And if you can't, then maybe it's not your decision. And if you are still so against it, then I really, really, truly hope that you are so generous to the foster care and that you are adopting as many babies as you possibly can that are from unwanted pregnancies. Here in America, because you know, I just see that there are so many adoptions happening overseas and that's so incredibly important and awesome. But my God, there are so many children here in America that aren't wanted and it's just heartbreaking. So honestly, I feel like my motto for this whole entire podcast would be if abortion is banned, then adoption should become mandatory. That's like the going home statement because truly, but you don't like it, Doug? No, I just think that I don't see abortion getting banned. I think that- Well, that's what they're trying to do, Doug. I think that our goal should be to reduce the shame that people put on other people for making these choices and for educating younger males and younger females about the risks of having unprotected sex. and. The fact that there are people that are still shaming other people for their decisions from their lives that they've made, that in itself is what I find very frustrating and why I could just go off on this topic and why I'll stop now because that's... I mean, this is a whole other podcast episode, but the fact that you mentioned educating young boys as well because pregnancy does not just happen to a woman, but that is a whole other podcast episode for a whole other day. And, you know, we really wanted to have Gracie on this podcast, but I didn't realize the importance of sharing my story. And so I felt like I never had a chance to talk directly to you guys, our friends. And so I really wanted to be able to kind of share our story. If you haven't read my book, then we wanted to be able to talk to you directly so you didn't have to read it through, you know, multiple different news clippings or whatever the case may be. And for those friends that are against this, we appreciate and respect your opinion fully and wholeheartedly. And this is not something to say that we're right and you're wrong or you're right and we're wrong. It's just saying that there's a lot of education and a lot of open mind. There's a lot more education that needs to happen, but also there there has to be some level of being open-minded to other people's situations and scenarios. 
because your life is not the same as somebody else's life and your upbringing is not the same as somebody else's upbringing. Everybody has a different environment and because you grew up one way does not mean that people are educated enough to make the decisions that you make and it doesn't make your decisions right or wrong if you're growing up thinking that your way of thinking is right and somebody else growing up and thinking that their way is right. But just open your eyes, open your hearts. And before you judge, try to imagine yourself in that person's shoes. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. I feel like we've had a lot of heavy podcasts lately. (sighs) That was heavy. Yes. But I honestly, I want to say thank you to those of you who've messaged me, who've commented on my picture, who've liked my pictures, you know, just to kind of give me a bit of like support because I've definitely gotten some backlash. I anticipate I'll get backlash here. But ultimately, the whole point in me sharing this story and us talking about this whole topic is to kind of shed light on abortion and kind of give it a face like you know me and that busy phillips actually started off this hashtag mm-hmm. that you know me like i'm not an evil malicious person i was in a terrible situation where i wasn't able to be a fit parent and i didn't want to bring someone into the drug addiction welfare abuse neglect that i was living in mm-hmm. and that was my situation and you know me like you know somebody who's had an abortion and they're not you know the most irresponsible malicious evil people you've ever met so on that i don't don't think you're malicious thank you i really don't want to be in for a very long time i was very scared Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be able to have children i was scared that you know my miscarriages happened because it was like quote unquote payback for decisions i made when i was younger and you know it's almost like a life sentence for and that's why i say to any woman in the situation that I was in or any situation at all before you have this abortion, just know that regardless of how warranted it is, it stays with you for a lifetime. So just to end the podcast, I promise you it is going to be a lighthearted podcast episode next week. So lighthearted, you're going to laugh the whole time. At least I want to laugh the whole time. Awesome. We should have some crazy chatter for you guys by then. (laughs) All right. We love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. I literally talk about the first time I ever saw my husband's penis and touched it. So if you want a good story, go to amazon.com and search wifey101 or you can go to jamiotis.com and snag an autographed copy of my book. And coming from someone that was crying at the altar and thought the experts failed them, three days later, you touched my penis. (laughs) It's true. Visit us online at jamieotis.com for more great resources.